That's like the worst part about sports, especially when your team's doing good and you invest like an entire day of sports radio and then they f- lose. Like, <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. Uh. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and, of course, a trip around the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman. I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolachkowski. Boys, how does it feel to be back? It feels great. I'm excited. Excited to talk about some soccer. And some playoff football. Oh, yeah. yeah. The boys are back in town. Feels good. Feels good to be back in the seat talking with you lads. Before we dive into things, quick shout out to Ian Scarlato, fine producer of our lovely podcast. Shout out to Jen Bennett as well, helping us run our social media accounts. It's been a while since we've talked. Let's talk about the most important thing in the sports world right now, besides soccer. Oh. Oh, man. (laughs) Saw that one coming. NFL playoffs, baby. Last weekend, this last weekend, today is Monday, January 17th. So this last weekend, Saturday the 15th, Sunday the 16th, was the best weekend, theoretically, for football. Mm -hmm. Super wild card playoff weekend. Unfortunately, it was kind of hit or miss on games. Some games are a ton of fun to watch. Other ones, there was blowouts, there were boring games. Eh. Overall, fun, but could have been better. Quick recap on the remaining teams that will be playing next week. Bengals and Titans, 49ers and Packers, Bills and Chiefs, and the Bucks. or, nope, the Bucks will be there. The Bucks and the Rams or the Cardinals. Rams and Cardinals are playing Tonight, January 17th. <gasps> Tonight. Holy crap. Hurry up. Go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, I am so excited for the Bills Chiefs. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going great. to be awesome. It's going to be great. Josh Allen was I, ridiculous in this. He <laughs> won himself a playoff game. He wanted that one. Yeah, he did. I, perfect. Like they were perfect and offensively. That's insane. Yep. Against <laughs> Belichick. They, yeah. they did not get to fourth down. At any point during the game. That's crazy. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? I was, I was hoping that the chiefs and the bills would be the AFC championship game because I think whoever wins that game, bills chiefs is going to win the AFC championship. I think that team's going to the super bowl. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. How about on the NFC? Who, who, what is the NFC championship game? Who wins that one? 49ers bucks. And the Bucs are going mm. to the Super Bowl. Who's going to the Super Bowl? The Bucs? So you think the Niners are going to beat the Packers? So, yeah, I think Bucks go to the Super Bowl. I think the Niners are going to beat the Packers. I think wow. Debu is looking real good. If Garoppolo can continue to get the ball to him, I think the Packers are in trouble. So he get a few touchdowns. He is, you know. he is a force to be reckoned with. I'll give you yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't help but think that Garoppolo is going to do what he does and 
just throw an interception or lose the ball or make a really bad decision. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have that stupid little smirk on his face and get the ball back with 40 seconds left and score a touchdown. I mean, Dallas were inept in this game and the yeah, Niners tried yeah. to give it to them. I like including. <laughs> That's Garoppolo. true too. Didn't Bosa pick up an injury too? Maybe that yeah. was a bad yeah, take, but I'm going to stand did. by it. 49ers bucks. I hope that you're right. I hope you're right, Dave. Man, I hope my pay right. for the hate for the Packers is coming through. So, That's true. Oh, so also, here's the other I thing: think the Bengals are going to beat the Titans. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I I think they have a shot too. They didn't look particularly good on Saturday, but I think they have a shot because the Titans mm-hmm. are. Mm, I don't know. Um, the the Bucks offensive line, Tristan Wirfs, who's an essential part of that, picked up an injury that may he may be done. Uh, And after that happened, the offense overall slowed way down and Tom did not look comfortable after that happened. So I'm not, it's been said before, like Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but the Rams and the Cardinals both are very good. The Cardinals have felt a little up and down the Rams same. If they are both tuned in, ready to go, both those teams could beat the bucks and i would i wanted to see tom brady go to the super bowl again if it was going to be bucks patriots now that the patriots are out i don't want him there i want a new new team <laughs> okay gotcha i think that's all that. yeah that sounds good to me i don't want the packers to go there but i think the packers no, are going yeah yeah i i really hope that they don't but we'll see i don't know anyway more fun to come Cannot wait to tune in for that game tonight. Dave, are we talking Boba Fett? Yeah. Do you guys watch that? Because, you know, I kind of was catching up on my nerd stuff this uh, winter and Christmas time. Good. I'm sucked into a galaxy far, far away yet again. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's Is fun. That, because- and honestly, it's not even that good. And I'm still watching. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's the book of Boba Fett, the new yes, show. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I have not seen any of it. We won't do guys any watch spoilers. Mandalorian? Yeah, I watched yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah. And then this Boba Fett is, it's a slower start. But I think Mandalorian, you could say, was also kind of a slower start. It was. Um, but it's Star, a Star Wars, Wars has always been. Vibe. Anyway, slow yeah. and then action. Sure, and sure, it's sure. cool. It's a, they're taking it episode by episode. So it's like an even slower burn, you know, sure. and people can't stand that. But I think it's worth it. Build the story, then do some crazy stuff. What I think you heard is it fun. first here is Star Wars has always been just the good of good versus the evil of evil. It's always like hyper simplified. And mm-hmm. so this Boba Fett is like, oh, there's something you don't know about this character. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very intrigued from that side of things. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but that all is always a knock you hear. It's like, well, it's just this person is evil because he's evil. Mm-hmm. And this person is good because he's fighting the evil person. So as cool as Darth Vader is, like Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot (laughs) to his character other than he's just bad. Until he's not. But that, we we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Until he's not. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to the world of soccer. It's the off season for the Red Stars and the Fire, but we've got news coming out of both camps. Starting with the Red Stars, we got a transaction here. Yeah, no coach yet, but we signed Yuki Nagasato, who was a forward, a striker, 
um, will give us some striker depth, which is good. And also, uh, she used to play for the Red Stars, so it's it's good to see yeah. her back. Yeah, and she's a Japanese international, though she wasn't like super successful on that team when they were winning the World Cup uh, and stuff. But you know, she's a solid player, and like Brady said, depth would be huge in case Pew is down. So. Sure. Good piece of business too. We lost a draft pick, which is I, to me, not that big of a deal. So that's good. And then uh, she is one of the first female players to sign a male contract for a soccer team. She signed for a Japanese team, which is just a fun, interesting fact. That's cool. Very yeah. cool. Interesting. Still waiting on the big news coming out of the Red Stars camp on who the new coach is going to be. Hopefully more news on that later on. Obviously we'll have news before the season starts unless they're going to go full rogue, no coach. Moving over to the fire. Dave, you got the news coming out of their preseason camp. What's I going do. on? Yeah. yeah, it's this time of year again uh, where we just kind of run through what the preseason schedule is looking like. Uh, today, yeah. the 17th of January, they actually had their medicals and they've traveled to Orlando. So they're back in Florida again. It just seems to be the place to do um, preseason just because of the facilities they have down there and the nice weather. So this continues to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we actually have an announcement that it will be a loons versus fire showdown Ooh. January 29th at noon. I don't know if there's any coverage of it. Sometimes we've had issues uh, getting streams of the games. Hopefully something will be available for us, but just kind of check out the fire's website and we'll post anything that we find links um, preseason marbles yes yeah <laughs> the frustration <laughs> it's gonna be a big preseason game for this podcast yes it's a lot of bragging rights on the line <laughs> let's just say it's a game that means nothing except for us three it means, <laughs> it means a lot <laughs> <laughs> foolish anyways uh the the 3rd of february they're gonna go back to chicago but then shortly after that and on the sixth, leave for Austin, where they're going to play the remainder of their um, preseason warmups, which is on the 12th against Toronto. Uh, they're playing FC Dallas on the 16th, and then finally Austin on the 19th. So once we kind of get closer, we'll give the times on those, and hopefully those will be a little bit more entertaining affairs. Uh, Ezra Hendrickson, uh, the new head coach of the Fire, actually was engaged. Over this past okay. week, I saw something on Instagram posted about it. So good for him. Congrats, I, coach. Hopefully that's not the only ring or hardware he yeah, uh, I like is it. involved yeah. with this year. So yeah. Oh, clutch yeah. transition. Speaking of transitions, the fire signed a center back. Let's go. That is huge. <laughs> I'm actually way more excited about that than I should be. Rafael Chichos. He played in the Bundesliga. He's played in Germany for a long time kind of bouncing up and down uh, between the Bundesliga and Bundesliga two. Uh, But he is a left footed center back. Mm. Uh, He fills an immediate need and he is not a DP. So we still have two open DP slots. He's a pretty good distributor from what I've seen. I'd like to watch more film just to get more analysis on him, but I'm excited. Excellent. Uh, Just building up on the defense in the super draft, the fire picked Kendall Burks, with the 11th pick, um, he's just listed as a defender. Uh, when I was looking at the draft sheets, he's from the University of Washington. Uh, the one 
caveat here is that he's on trial with Nottingham Forest. And, you know, if he ends up succeeding there, I doubt he's going to exercise like his option to play in the MLS. I think you pursue that dream in Europe and then fall back to the MLS. And that's just kind of how it is at this point. So it would be awesome if um, we got to see him play, but it seems kind of like a risky pick for your first round. And then uh, I guess just sticking with defenders, they actually picked all of the remaining picks as defenders. There's actually another, I, I believe, teammate of uh, Kendall Burks from Washington that they drafted um, later on. And just, I don't know. I think that's that's what the focus should be. And that actually had me excited. Just, I don't know a lot about these guys, but that that's the mentality that's huge for me. So build it from the back. And then worry about signing the pretty boys later. So, yeah, yeah, sure. It sounds a lot like Ezra. <laughs> it sounds like Ezra's got his hands already on some of the roster decisions, which is nice to see. And there's definitely going to be more signings to come. We have two more designated player slots to fill. Um, and it depends on how Ezra wants to play, but I expect one of them to be a, a game breaker, an attacker, a, a big draw. I think that is still on the cards for the fire. Hopefully, these players pan out for the fire, improve that defense. So we definitely need it. Moving on, I should say moving over to the EPL for our impromptu game of the week. We didn't have time to give you a heads up, audience, what we were going to pick. But the biggest game last weekend in the EPL was Chelsea versus Man City. This was a must-win for Chelsea, keep that table close because Man City continues to pull away from Liverpool and Chelsea, sitting second and third in the table, respectively. They did not do that. Mm-mm. Man City came Ooh. away with a victory, one to zero. KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, breaker of hearts, collector of souls, shatterer of dreams. Yeah, he did it. It's a pretty good name for him. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, can you start us off with the shapes? Yes. Uh, yes. Oblong, so. triangles, whatever All over it was. the place. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one I wanted to nerd out on a little bit because it was fascinating to watch. And as far as formations are concerned, Chelsea played exactly what you'd expect. They're 3-4-2-1, so everything, the thing we've seen all season. Meanwhile, Man City played a 4-3-3, but not in the same way that they've been doing it all season. It's not as what we'd expect. Foden was a false nine. That was pretty obvious. But then where Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne played was a little bit more ambiguous and made all the difference in the game. Yes. And big news, big change in Chelsea's lineup is that Mendy was not at goal. Kepa was in goal for this game. So... Heartbeat is a little fast throughout the whole entire thing because Mendy has been fantastic all year. And right away, three minutes in, first hold your breath moment with Kepa in goal. Yep. So it was just one of those situations where goalkeeper's got to take charge and he's trying to clear it and he kicks it off his own defender. And fault is hard to blame here, but it's on the goalkeeper. Take command of the situation. He doesn't quite do that. And yeah, Mendy is playing with Senegal in the African Cup of Nations right now. And it's just one of those situations you have to rely on your backup goalkeeper. And we've seen some adventures with Kepa in the past. (laughs) 
Oh, he certainly have. He didn't. He didn't look super comfortable. He did have a couple nice plays. I'll give him that. But like, you are a keeper in the EPL. You should, even if you're a backup pe- keeper, you're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But ten minute mark, Chelsea has their first good run of the game. Big break from Lukaku. This is a great start to the play from Lukaku, and exactly what you'd want from him. He rolls John Stones with ease. He creates the entire opportunity really out of not very much. And it's basically a 3v1. Ziyech on his right, Alonzo on his left, and Walker's coming back just pell-mell, full speed, trying to make some sort of defensive intervention. Ziyech is the obvious threat here. He's just a he's a forward versus, you know, Alonzo's a defender. So he's the obvious threat. Walker takes him and covers him, leaving Alonzo wide open on the left side. But Lukaku chooses to try to make the more difficult pass to Ziyech here. And it doesn't pull it, doesn't come off. He doesn't pull it off. And it just leads me to Lukaku, the good and the bad. He had 54% passing success in this game. Compare that to 72% of Phil Foden. It's it's not good enough against the best teams in the Premier League. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Man City, not to be outdone with an early run. They have opportunities in the 12th minute and 13th minute crossing chances. Right. And normally for Chelsea, this is a win. Anytime you got City crossing the ball versus, you know, them breaking you down and little one-twos inside, this is much, this is exactly what Chelsea wants you to do is cross it over them. They've got three giant center backs in there. They've got defenders out wide, you know, cross it as much as you want except City chose the right moments to decide to cross the ball. They had pushed them all the way back into their 5-4-1. There's no chance really for a counterattack from Chelsea, and that's when they decided to cross the ball. Very important little distinction there. Yes. Teams trade punches in that first half. Not a whole lot of super exciting things happen until 38 minutes, 59 seconds. Man City move into the press. Keppel makes a great save on Grealish off of that Man City press. Whew. See, it was like Keppa, he made some plays. He he can do it. He just didn't have Mendy's swag. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a good shot stopper for sure. It's just the rest of the game, the control, the playing out the of the back. Consistency. The consistency, yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here I wanted to point out what Man City were doing to Chelsea. And then also what Chelsea were doing them to themselves that just didn't make this game work out as well as Chelsea wanted it to. So again, we're going back to Chelsea's 3-4-2-1, if you will, with the three center backs, four midfielders, meaning those two center mids, and then their wing backs. And then let's just call the three forwards the three together because they stood very close together when Chelsea were building out of the back. We want Ziyech and Pulisic, those number 10s for Chelsea, to be in the space between Man City's center mids and center backs. We want them making plays in there or doing something slightly different, which I'll get into in a little bit. Meanwhile, Man City, instead of their 4-3-3, they played a 4-2-3-1 defensively. Foden's job was just make life difficult for Chelsea's center backs. Don't let the outside center back switch to the other outside center back and don't let Thiago Silva have time because he can pick you apart on his own. Then we had the three attacking mids, and this includes Kevin De Bruyne moved up into the number 10 position, and then you had Grealish and Sterling on the outside, and they were to stop any of the four 
midfielders of Chelsea getting easy possession. They were stopping anything into the middle of the field. And then those defensive midfielders um, in Bernardo Silva and Rodri uh, stopped anything going into those number 10 positions. So they've got the middle of the field pretty much cordoned off. You can't get in there. And so they forced Chelsea uh, to go around them or to just do long balls up to Lukaku. Now, this is where I get a little bit mad at Chelsea because they had the moments to go around City. There were situations where they could, so like say Pulisic drops into that space, forces someone to react to him, and then he spins out wide. The Man City wingbacks were not ready for that kind of run because they knew Chelsea weren't really going to do it. So it just was something that Chelsea never threatened. And then City just took advantage of that. And just as an example, if you break up the attacking half for Chelsea into 12 different zones, and then say we have these two zones on the outside of the box, but in the attacking third for Chelsea, Chelsea had 51 possessions in this area. Compare that to the 119 of Man City who weren't even trying to play in these areas. It was just something that Chelsea was avoiding entirely. And they could have pulled their team up or at least make diagonal runs away from the center backs and just get some possession in Man City's half. It just never happened. And it was something that I thought was a weakness of City that Chelsea just never tried to attack. Good observations, Brady. I agree with absolutely everything you've said. And was frustrations uh, making more sense Frustrations I had watching the game making more sense when you put these numbers to them. Yeah. It just was a lot of hope and not yeah. a plan. Yeah. Back to the game. 47 minutes. Lukaku. Big breakaway chance. All the Chelsea fans in the world mm. up on their feet. No. I'm being hard on him, but this is why Lukaku is called the flat track bully at times. And basically what that means in soccer terms is He's really great. He's big, strong, fast. Against mediocre teams, he can pound them into the dirt and have no problems. But he sometimes has issues showing up in the biggest games. And I'm talking world-class events for Belgium, as well as against the bigs like Man City. He just has issues finishing. Like, this is a moment where, you know, Ederson's a good goalkeeper, but you got to find a way to score here. Otherwise, you're going to lose to Man City. And this brings me to the 68th minute. Man City send a warning shot because another forced long ball into Lukaku and Lukaku is strong enough. He's good enough. I know that he can bring a ball down and keep it and he just doesn't here. And in this situation, they get away with it. Sterling pulls his shot wide, but it's not going to work out like that in the next iteration. No, 70th minute. Another long ball from Chelsea and City make some pay. And it's, it's just too easy here. And it's because City had developed this plan and it was going to work eventually. It's another long ball. Lukaku doesn't really even go for it. So it's a free header in the midfield to Rodri. It's, if it's free, it means they've got too much time. And now Rodri has... He forces Conte to move to him. And it moves Conte like three yards, if that. Maybe even two just that little bit out of position. One pass to Cancelo, one time pass to KDB. And what's really important here is KDB had pulled behind Conte and wide of him, meaning that Kovacic, the other center midfielder for Chelsea, couldn't come over and help because this was in Conte's zone. It's got to be him. 
Conte just can't recover because, again, there was just too much time in the midfield here. And KDB has no right to score from here, except that he is one of the best soccer players in the world. No backlift, Mm -hmm. finds the corner. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, he really made it made it rain from downtown there. You almost wonder, like, <laughs> had Kepa, should he have done better? Should he have gotten to that ball? His reaction is so slow, and it's because Kevin shouldn't shoot this. But sure, he should because he's the best. <laughs> and also, he is blocked off. Uh, Kepa is blocked off by his defender, Thiago Silva, who's doing his job, is making any shot here difficult. And you can see he does that little setup hop Keppa does to make the dive after the shot's already been taken. So he just never saw this. And yeah. by the time he did, it was just too late. Hmm. Tough, tough loss for Chelsea. Is there, Brady, stat-wise, um, what numbers stick out to you after this match? This one just seemed to be a city plan this one out. One nothing will be just fine and prevent Chelsea from really creating anything. Expected goals, 1.01 for City. They got it. And Chelsea, 0.45, which a lot of that came from Lukaku's chance on the breakaway. So just they did what they needed to do defensively. And then offensively, they know they're going to score a goal. And Kevin De Bruyne was just so good. I also noticed that aerial duels were 17 to six in Man City's favor. Mm. And that's, you know, that's Lukaku. That's a big dude up there. And it's because of the forcing of the play by Man City. So they knew exactly when it was going to happen and they had the bodies there to deal with it. And also just lack of ideas from Chelsea. They needed to spin in behind Mm. and they just never did. Yeah, this has solidified my growing concern for Chelsea. This is It's a must-win game. And I understand that it's Man City, but to not do it in a big spot is concerning. And we we have heard rumors uh, and actually confirmed news about Lukaku not being happy mm-hmm. at Chelsea, not getting along with Tuchel. And I think that that is going to progress mm-hmm. in a negative way throughout the season. It feels a little petty right now of mm-hmm. Lukaku coming out saying, I'm not happy. I don't like the way I'm being used. Tuchel says, all right, we'll work it out. And then Tuchel turns around right after this loss and comes out and says Lukaku didn't play well enough in that game. He didn't. But do you publicly say that? I don't know. Uh, if if it's a player that you already have uh, kind of pent up negative energy with, I don't know. Maybe that's something you say to him in private. There's There's a lot going on. Popcorn emoji. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Dave is ready. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I don't really know what Lukaku is upset about. I haven't looked too much into it, but this kind of system should be ideal for him. Like just run the middle of the field, let people create around you and get yourself tap-ins. And I just, I don't understand what he's upset about other than their second place, third place right now. I think, well, I think to be honest, you know, they always spend so much money on attacking talent. I feel like he realized like, Oh, I, I thought I was going to be the guy like in there. They mm. don't care. Like if it's you true. slip up and you're not mm. playing well, 
that'll happen. And then the other point was that there's leaks that he really just wanted to be at Inter Milan and he really doesn't like Chelsea in the first place. So like, even like when he was loaned out to Everton, like he had already had a really bad taste in his mouth with Chelsea, his parent club at the time. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I guess, it, do you believe what he, what's been leaked and what the interview was, or was it taken, you know, kind of like the wrong way? You know, you decide, yeah. but there's definitely some tough tension there. And the Premier League's over, guys, right? <laughs> this game, it's <laughs> it's done. Because I'm, I'm looking at it from, you know, my Liverpool perspective. And even if we beat them in the second half of the season, we're still down five points. And that's if we win our game in hand. And then I'm just thinking, is City really going to slip up that many more times? And is Liverpool going to be, is Liverpool going to be perfect the remainder of the season? And right now I just don't see it happening. And I don't see Chelsea, you know, doing the same thing because we've seen their weaknesses and same with Tottenham. Tottenham's kind of like a recovering giant and they look really good right now. Like Conte, or I guess maybe mm. I wouldn't say really good, but um, it's Conte, right? Yeah. Conte, mm. like he's really, I don't know. He's a solid coach. I think, you know, it's going to be a better fit than when he brought in Jose, but I just don't see anybody catching to them at this point. They're just a machine. And I think it's time where we just kind of turn our attention to the champions league and uh, the league cups, right? <laughs> it's Things that that city has a bad track re- record with that, or has already been eliminated in. <laughs> I want to disagree with you. I want to have an argument here, but I, it's just, they are so good. Well, you're totally right that yeah. I don't see them slipping up really. And yeah, Liverpool have the best chance of catching them. And you laid out some great arguments for it's going to be tough. It will be. But that's not to say that the Premier League, you know, oftentimes the the race is over for first. But I think there's still tons of reasons to watch. Like this battle for the top four is huge. Great. Point. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. But I think if you win all your games in hand as a Tottenham fan, like you have to be pretty excited because you'd be in third place. Actually, no. right now, with no, the I, math. I mean, but. it looks pretty good being in sixth and like being several games behind people. I guess we'll just transition into my Tottenham moment yes, here. Yes, yes. We had another game gone from COVID this weekend. The North London Derby has been postponed. Uh, but yeah, we got four games in hand on several teams. Uh, so it feels good to be in sixth right now and have many games yet to play. However... It's not going to feel so good if we don't win some of those games. We've got a rough schedule. Leicester's up on Wednesday. It'll be, uh, have already been played when this is out. Chelsea this weekend, Southampton next Wednesday, which is no slouch of a team. Yeah, no, that's, it's going to be rough, but uh, right now it feels pretty good. Nice. And Dave, over to you for an update on Liverpool. My final thoughts on Liverpool. Uh, So they smoked Brentford, which, um, I guess was expected, obviously, but that was without Sal and Mane who are, who are playing in uh, the African Cup of Nations right now. Just like you had Mendy out, I, all the attacking talent is gone for Liverpool. Uh, the only thing is, is we had a League Cup appearance midweek against Arsenal, and they actually were mm. playing with a player down due to a red card, and we did not score. And that's just kind of terrifying because uh, 
seems like management is putzing around with extending Salah and giving him anything he wants. And then you see that performance with, you know, no goals against mm. a weakened Arsenal team at home in a league cup. And then you kind of scratch your head. Like, why isn't this done? Like this should yeah. have been done. I've been talking about it for months. Yeah. And now you, you start kind of sweating because you know, the Spanish clubs will find the money or somebody else that would even yes, be more will. catastrophic like Chelsea or Man City. He's also been on a <laughs> yeah. tear this season, even yeah. by his own yeah. high standards. Yeah, no. Which I'm thinking made the price go way up. He's just like, yeah, you know, now you got to pay me more because I'm, I'm really good. amazing <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> But still just pay the guy. You know, he works with the system. I think he loves the team. I think he loves the city. Let's just get it done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So... <laughs> 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 and then the other question becomes not only do they sign him, but will they actually sign anybody in the window? Like they always have problems with depth because they're trying to do it on a budget and be like, Hey, you know, we can, we can still win this and not spend tons and tons of money, which makes no sense because they have tons of money Fen- Fen- Fenway sports group, but it just, I don't see a clear path to signing anybody right now. Oh, Real quick tangent. I wanted to talk about Aston Villa real quick too. Okay. Um, they looked really exciting against uh, Man U this weekend. It was a 2-2 draw. Stevie Gerrard bringing his boy in Felipe Coutinho. The return. Ex-Liverpool player. Yeah. They're <laughs> teaming up again. And that was super fun to watch. I think he's gonna. it's going to be fun to see uh, a money backside in the Premier League for Gerrard. So another mm-hmm. middle table team that might look really good next year and challenge maybe for a top four spot. Great shout out. Great update. Great recap for 2022 already. Looking ahead, our next episode will be released on February 3rd. And for that episode, our game of the week is going to be USA versus Canada. Yeah. January 30th, 2 p.m. Central Time. World Cup qualifying. This one's always fun. I like this one. Prediction time, boys. We ready? I'm going first. 2-0 USA. I like it. Dave? I'll do 2-1 USA. Nice. And that'll predominantly be dependent on Alfonso Davies' health. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. But I yeah. think he Ooh. is down right now. Yeah, I don't do know, you know if it's they don't know the long okay. if it's going to be long term or not. He's got some I think side effects related to COVID is my understanding and then I thought something else was wrong too. Mm-hmm. So um I hope he is back just cuz he is so exciting to watch. He's a very good player. Um but yeah, it's he's also very threatening. But let's go with 3 to 1 USA. Let's see if we can score hey. some goals. Maybe one goes in for Canada. Um but let's let's see some goals. I love it. Hoping for a strong showing from the USA. It is very very good to be back. Thank you to all of our lovely lovely listeners for tuning in. Look forward to bringing you the very best of soccer updates in 2022. Go ahead and send us an email, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. If you have questions, feedback, ideas, or just to say, hey, Brady, 
Where can our lovely listeners find you on the social medias? I am at stat underscore bro on Twitter. Um, hopefully I will have some very fun new tools for making statistical insights an important game. So have a look out there. And then on Instagram, I am at bradthebard13. I've got new music stuff on the way. So keep an eye. Excellent. And Dave, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at WCWDave. Excellent. Thank you both. And thank you again to all of our listeners, our audience, wishing you all a very happy 2022. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you in two weeks. Boys Best to Chelsea. Boys back in town. The boys are back in town.